This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. The, the marches started last night, and it was so obscene um, to see them. And I recognize that people are afraid, but uh, marching and calling for violence, especially after a day that I was so proud to see um, both our president and Hillary Clinton come out and say, it's legitimate, you got to treat him with respect, and we owe him an opportunity to succeed. I thought, this is what America is. This is what makes us great. Instead of having civil unrest and what happened, the left radicals came out last night um, and they said some pretty horrific things. We'll get into that and a way to hopefully diffuse that. But also the media has to do some soul searching. And I have some, I have something from what insiders in the media read all the time. Uh, they're passing around questions. Where, where did we go wrong? What do we need to do to fix this? Man, they don't get it yet. Uh, I want to just share with you the internal thoughts of the newsrooms in New York and in Washington and show you how far off the mark they really are. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Brian Stelter, who uh, used to write for the New York Times, uh, before that I think he was with uh, TV Newser, which was very, very inside. Now he's with CNN. Um, He's at 24 hours after one of the biggest media figures, uh, failures in a generation. I have a lot of questions. Now, this is kind of, this is really inside baseball, but I think it's important uh, for uh, those who are not part of the media to see them grapple with what happened and the questions that they're asking themselves. Um, first question, they are asking internally themselves, what do readers and viewers need right now? What should change about journalism in the weeks and the months to come? What must not change? How can journalists help bridge our national divide rather than deepen it? How much influence do we really have anyway? Was the election of Donald Trump a Republican of the national, uh, a repudiation of the national media as well as other elites? If so, will the message be received? That's so obvious, but... Um, how many media elites can honestly say they know Trump voters or a Trump voter personally? That is probably the most important question. That's a good question. That is the most important question they can ask. 
because they'll say, well, I've met them. No, do you know them? Are you friends with somebody like that? And if you're not friends, I've seen them on TV. And, 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 and this goes both ways. If you don't have real liberal friends, you've put yourself in an echo chamber and you will be, in the end, as dangerous as the media elites are. You'll be a right elite. You only hang around the people who think like you. It's important that we read other things, that we understand the other side, that we talk to the other side. I won't even look at a liberal. Oh, I know. If one passes my... You've got one in in the basement, right? Jane up? Yeah, but I don't look at him. Okay, good. All right. Um, How many times have you asked yourself, how many times have you asked yourself today, how does the other side feel? (laughs) That's a pretty good question, too, because you know they've never asked that question of themselves. I know we did. We do all the time. How we have to. Right. We're we're continually challenged by the other side. Ah, how many people yesterday looked at Hillary Clinton and went good and didn't think about the people who were sitting in that room and saying, wow, how do they feel? Here's this woman who they believed in who has worked her entire life, and they see her as the one. Are you one. telling me, though, that there wasn't just a little bit of pleasure? No, there was. Yeah, deep inside. No, no, I mean, no but it doesn't mean it. that... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. She's we been so it doesn't mean that you don't. years. You don't... It doesn't mean that you don't go, yes, good. good. It means that's the way you feel. Yeah. Now, have you thought about how they feel? Yeah, we knew how they felt. They were all crying. <laughs> <laughs> Babies. Wednesday's protests are an opportunity for Trump. Will he rise to the occasion? Should he address the nation? Did Wednesday's news coverage fully capture the fear of the half uh, that half the country is feeling? You hear that? Did Wednesday's news coverage fully capture the fear that half the country is feeling? They're worried about their side. Mm-hmm. Did they cover the fear that half the cover the half the country was feeling in two thousand eight? No. Did they even have this questioning? No, you know they didn't. No, of course not. Um, did Wednesday's? <clears throat> let's see. Um, how will Trump's anti-media rhetoric translate to his administration? Will he target individual journalists? I'd like to know that myself. Will he withhold press credentials? I'd like to know that. Will he seek to loosen the libel laws? He's already said he would. <clears throat> yep, he said he'd do all of those things. Um, why did most of us head into Tuesday's election night believing Hillary Clinton would win? I mean, think of this. Internal questions from the press. Why did most of us? They're admitting it. Why did most of us mm-hmm. walk in thinking that? And by most, it's like 90%. Oh, it's more than that. Or more. Yeah. Um, how... Um, how was it we walked in believing Hillary Clinton would win? That it wouldn't even be close in the Electoral College? Uh, that it might be called by midnight? How much of this was just a genuine mistake based on gnarly polls? And how much of it is groupthink? How much of it is wishful thinking? What are any or the best remedies for a Sela corridor bias? What are the specific reasons why so many polls underestimated Trump's support? You should probably explain that. The, the, that's the 
the train oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. travels the, the East Coast. Washington yeah. to Boston, largely. The Washington to... It's not the regular train. The Acela is where the... That's the that's one where that the, costs the, you money. Yeah, it's it's a much nicer train. Yes, faster. yes. And, uh, and that's, faster. And so, so that's the one where the... He's elites, talking about the Eastern elite media that travel that way. Yeah. Instead uh, of taking a train, they just yeah. hop on the Acela. They hop on the train. Um, what are the specific reasons why so many polls underestimated his support? How long will it take to unpack this? Quickly on that one. You know, it's a weird thing because the more I've looked at the numbers after this, the polls weren't all that Wrong. terrible, particularly the national ones. I mean, they yeah. predicted a three-point uh, Hillary Clinton win, and it looks like it's going to be about a one-point Hillary Clinton win in the popular vote. Remember, the polls don't predict the Electoral College. They predict the popular vote. And, and so they, they definitely missed, but it was, and a lot of the state polls were bad. But they didn't miss. It's the national a, it's polls a, were close. A three-point margin of error. Yeah, yeah it's right in, within they the margin of the error. They predicted the correct winner, right. largely. And, and, and they predicted the correct winner uh, on the popular vote. The other part of it is, like, you, you look at it and it's like, well, there wasn't a huge turnout. Turnout looks like it's going to be down. Um, and By it, the way, remember what I said, and I, it would have been worse if it was uh, Jeb Bush. But remember I said... This will be the lowest did, yeah. turnout in election history. If these are our choices, people just won't turn out. Um, and it turns out because we keep adding, you know, 30 million people in, what, the last eight years, we just keep adding people. So you have to look at it population adjusted. And I don't know if anybody's done that. But this is definitely the lowest turnout in the last 12 years. Yeah, at least the last few elections. It's yeah. been down from the last two. And that was what was, interest, which was interesting about it is the real story of this election seems to be you know, when it comes down to the numbers, is that minority voters did not turn out for Hillary Clinton. There wasn't a huge surge for Donald Trump as far as raw numbers go. No. It's just he got the number, he got the votes in the right places, right. which was really important for him. And to they're, and they're saying that people, more people voted for uh, them than ever before. That, that A is not true, but it also, you have to look at population growth. And if you're not looking at population adjustment, yeah, we, we should no, go, you, have to, you have to look at population adjustment. We'll do those numbers because it's an interesting thing. So I, the polls are getting a lot of heat. But, we know, we, we talked about a lot about Nate Silver over the, you know, his model over at 538. I mean, he had, he had Trump as a 30% chance to win. Now, that, does not, that means he's not the favorite, but a 30% chance is a big chance. I mean, that's, that, is a, that is something you would think is relatively possible, and it happened. There's a reason why these percentages are built into this. Like, it's not just, oh, well, he's definitely going to win if you have them as the favorite. He, Hillary Clinton, they had them as the favorite, but a, a conservative favorite. I mean, it looked like there was a good chance that Donald Trump had to, had to win. And unlike some of the other models, he, he allowed for a large possibility of that happening. And it did. It, it's, I mean, they're going to beat up this industry over this. And it's it's... It has problems and there's questions to ask, but it's not as bad as is being advertised, in my opinion. So these are Brian Stelter's um, questions, and I think those are pretty good um, questions. Mm -hmm. But I want you to hear what the other newsrooms are asking that he's included. How much cable news did Trump watch today and what did he learn from the coverage? Um, Were we enablers of Donald Trump? Were we too negative toward him? Uh, trust. So far, there's no question on. Did we, did, did we provide answers to you know Hillary's campaign? What role did that play? Um, did did we 
not point out that, yeah, WikiLeaks, read WikiLeaks. What the hell? It, look at how bad the corruption really is. Um, trust in the media is already a pitiful low levels among Republicans. How much will it decline among Democrats who now blame the media for Trump's victory? Um, uh, Scott Pelley, CBS, are we going to be okay? Are we going to be okay? <laughs> yeah. Is, is, he, is he talking about the media? Yeah. Or the American people? The media. <laughs> um, is the mainstreaming of alt-right media already oh. underway, and what are the consequences? Uh, will newsrooms rethink how much airtime and ink was spent in covering polls? Will the lessons be taken to heart, or will the same mistakes be repeated four years from now? Will candidates spend less money on TV ads in the future? How will this affect television stations and networks? Um, and our salaries. Listen to this. What is the guiding principle for news organizations in the Trump era? Do they want to challenge him when he goes against their notions of acceptable governance, governance or simply provide a record of his actions and behavior? What will the new media outlets, uh, what new media outlets will rise from these ashes? ashes? Uh, what will make these startups different from what exists today? Is there any way that the next four years do not become a reporting bonanza for all of the ages? Nowhere in there was, did we play a role in the propping up of what the, uh, uh, a large section of the country recognized as aberrant behavior? Did we dismiss and slap people across the face and say, you can't trust us by saying Benghazi doesn't matter? That her lies, I mean, you know, one of the offensive things that I found yesterday was that she said, um, we failed. To her supporters, we failed. But we blah, blah, blah. No, Hillary, I don't think your supporters failed. I really don't. You failed your supporters, the Democratic Party failed the voters by putting someone up who was that flawed of a candidate. And I don't mean that she just wasn't a good candidate, you know, um, because she, nobody warmed up to her. I mean that the FBI was doing investigations on her for corruption. If you're going to pardon her, do you also pardon the guy who took the pictures on the submarine for his children to show him where he works? I mean, that guy's going to prison. She's not. There's, there's been no self-reflection that I have seen from the left or the media on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have we been carrying water for people? What they're saying now is, okay, so do we back off of Trump or do we go after him when we don't agree with his policies? No, wait a minute. You do what an honest person is supposed to do. You state the facts. And you let the chips fall where they may. And when it's the president, you start fresh, just quite honestly, like the bulk of Americans did under Bill Clinton. When Bill Clinton, I remember distinctly, Pat, you and I, we thought, that guy's a total scumbag. And we watched him on 60 Minutes with Hillary. 
Mm-hmm. And they said, look, we've had problems and we took care of it. Both Pat and I both got on the air the next day and said, got to give him a pass on that. I mean, it, it, it looks like they know about it. They fixed it. It's everybody makes mistakes. He asked her forgiveness. She forgave him. It's not between us. Start with a clean slate. That's what you're supposed to do. That slate was, <clears throat> slate was dirtied up very quickly after that. But, very quickly. Uh, but uh, you know what? And, but at and least, yeah, at least it was clean for a while. And you don't carry water for anyone. Yeah. You don't carry it for Trump. And you don't. See, the problem with the press is they're going to lose more credibility because there's no self-examination right now on what they did for Hillary Clinton. They're all Trump questions. Were we too good or too mean to Trump? What about the Hillary side? Yeah, and for the DNC, for, for the Democrat Party, as well as the media, they, they accept no responsibility for how extreme that party has, has become. I mean, that is not the party of JFK and hasn't been for a long time. And all the media does is focus on how extreme the Republican Party is. It's nowhere they drove, near they drove, the Democrats. They drove America to an extreme. For instance, they just make it about Trump. They don't make it about, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What role did we play in this by, for eight years, accusing these people of being racists, mm-hmm. pushing them up against the wall to the point to where that word didn't mean anything anymore? Right. And so it didn't carry any weight to the when point you where actually saw a racist. Where they're saying Chicago is code Correct. for black people. Correct. I mean, come on. Now this. If you don't get new blinds, you risk having Jeffy come in your neighborhood and take a peek. I'm just saying. Oh, boy. Replace your broken or worn out blinds at blinds.com. No, that's bad. And there's no tree branch that will hold them anymore. <laughs> Replace your broken or worn out blinds at blinds.com. Pat and Stu and I have all used Blinds.com. Tanya and I use the design consultant to um, That includes Redwoods, us. by the way. Redwood branch wouldn't hold them. Um, blinds.com. 100% satisfaction guarantee. Even if you mismeasure or pick the wrong color, they'll remake your blinds for free. Get made-to-order custom blinds without paying the custom prices at Blinds.com. Now through November 21st, buy three blinds. Get the fourth one free. Blinds.com. Use the promo code BECK. Get the special offer. Three blinds. Fourth blind is free at Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. 
Glenn Beck Program. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a look at uh, the first 100 days of the Trump campaign. Uh, uh, administration, boy, if if he does these these things that he said he was going to do in the first hundred days, it's going to be a remarkable repeal and replace on there. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you wait till you see the list. It's it's I really seen the list good. Yet. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, Mercury One. Um, some of the things that we've done: um, four thousand Iraqis and Syrians have been moved to safety, um, some of them up way up in northern com- com- uh, country um, and others in countries all around the world. Um, this is the biggest number of Iraqis and Syrians, the Christians and Yazidis who have been moved. Nobody is taking these guys. And because of the Nazarene Fund, 4,000 have been saved. Whole communities have been saved. And these people still speak the ancient Aramaic. I mean, these are the, this, these are the original apostle um, communities. And we sure would uh, like your help to keep the doors open. Every year we do a couple of fundraisers just for the general fund, just to pay the salaries and everything else so we can keep our 100% promise that everything we raise goes to the source and, and goes to those projects and not to you know, keeping the lights on. Um, so we're doing a raffle and an M1 ball. Um, it is Project uh, Mission Possible is the name of the uh, ball. And that's happening Saturday, November 19th. We'd love to have you come. It starts at 630, the Intercontinental in uh, Addison, Texas. It's a Saturday night. Um, Sarah Evans uh, is a country artist ever. You know, you know Sarah Evans, don't yeah, you? Yeah, sure. She's great. She's yeah. going to be performing um, uh, Dana Lash is going to be the MC. We have the uh, Norris's, Chuck Norris, and his wife is going to be there. Uh, we will all be there, and we'd love to see you go to mercuryone.org slash m1ball. And by, by the way, you can also register to win. We have a raffle, $100 uh, a ticket. You could win a brand-new Mercedes, a CLA 250C. It's a Mercedes-Benz. Uh, from uh, Mercedes-Benz of Plano. We want to thank them for their help. Buy a ticket. You could have a brand-new Mercedes. The Glenn Beck Program. Get all the info you need to know at glennbeck.com. So glad that you are uh, here today. There's a couple of things I want to make you aware of that we'll talk about. Line longs, uh, long lines in India are happening now as much of India's cash has turned useless. They have now uh, banned the 500, what is it, ruby? Uh, note uh, and the 1,000 note, which I, I, I don't know how much that's worth, but there are people trying to buy gas with 500 um, notes. Mm-hmm. And they have joined the bandwagon of, uh, no, we don't accept these anymore. We're only taking, we're trying to crack down, you know, on, on safety. 
and, uh, you know, criminals, they use drugs. They use these big notes to buy drugs. That's bullcrap. This is happening all over the world, and they're phasing out cash. And now people don't know what to do because they have all this money, and they have all these notes, and they can't use them anywhere. You can't buy anything with them. Uh, and it is causing all kinds of problems in society because no one will accept them now. Uh, the bank? Bank will. But you go to a store and you had one in your wallet. You know, it's like banning a, uh, a 20 or a $50 bill. Mm-hmm. And so you go over there and, and you know, you're at, the, you're at the store and you're just used to paying in cash. And you're like, oh, you got this $50 bill. And they're like, sorry. Well, well okay, well, what do I do now? I, sorry, I can't use that. <laughs> so it's just causing all kinds of problems. And it's coming here. It's coming here. Another story that I uh, read that I really thoroughly enjoyed is um, Trump gives a victory speech. Liberals rediscover the appeal of limited government. I love this because anybody who is uh, not a Trump fan, this is exactly why we said you don't give the president that much power. You have a limited constitutional republic because, if I may quote myself for the five millionth time from the last eight years, your guy isn't always going to be in. And when your guy is in and he tries to do what your guy just did, you're going to hate it. They just didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. And I also think they thought they would always be in. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. They, you, you, they, yeah. Not just that they wouldn't believe the other side would do it, but like the, they just were so sure they weren't going to lose. Oh, that's what I think Pat meant, right? Yes. They just didn't believe it. They, yes. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they knew that Republicans, because they think Republicans are horrible, you know, rat bastards. I mean, look at... They look just at, didn't think we'd ever get back in. Remember the other night when uh, election night, we're all sitting in this room discussing the election, and it looked like Trump was going to lose it first. And... Chris Alcedo went so far as to say the Republican Party was going to be a regional party from now on. Well, now <laughs> the executive and the legislative branches <laughs> for at least the next four years. That's as unregional a party as you can possibly get. We're more powerful now than probably ever. And, uh, you know, just a few days ago, everybody thought it's over. So. I'm sure the Democrats have felt like they didn't have to worry about this because well, you got two years. They just won two, have two, two terms with Obama, and they thought Hillary was going to continue it. What's, you have two years to um, uh, do the things that you want to do and need to do and be uniting, be a good uniting force in the next two years. Otherwise, the people will do what we did in 2010, and that is punish a party for having both sides or all, you know, uh, the the two sides, legislative and executive branch, um, and and then not doing the right things with it or being obscene with that power. I mean, think about this. Since uh, and this goes to your pendulum theory, and it's something that we, you know, as uh, as well, certainly Trump has to think about, um, and I think conservatives in general, uh, Republicans in general, have to think about ever since. The American people got a vision of what Barack Obama would do with all of the control of government. There have been four elections, three of which have been blowout for Republicans. 
The only one, the only one that wasn't that way was Barack Obama in 2012, which, again, you could make, I think, a pretty strong argument, especially after looking at him versus Hillary Clinton, that he was a pretty once in a lifetime talented politician. I think he's obviously terrible on politics, but he's so much better than anyone else they have. Every time he is up for election, he does well. Every time you have a chance to uh, go against his policies his policies lose big time. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, wave election in 2010, wave election in 2014, and 2016, uh, pretty significant. I mean, holding the Senate. And remember in 2018, what is it, 23 uh, out of like 28 seats that are coming up in the Senate in 2018 are Democrats. Yeah. You have a, a really good chance to expand that if this next two years goes fairly well. If it goes well. And you have the well. chance. You do. You do. Top of the hour, I'm going to share with you his first hundred days. And um, it could go very, very well. Last night, um, um, Rudy Giuliani was on and he talked about the people that um, he thought. He said, I have not talked to Donald Trump about this. He said, but, you know, some of the names I've been thinking about. uh, He talked about John Bolton for uh, Secretary of um, um, State. State which would be remarkable. You want to talk about you want to talk about uh healing our our um image around the world of being stable and making sense. But John Bolton there. Who were they talking about? Oh, they were talking about uh, Trey Gowdy for attorney, attorney general. general. Bill O'Reilly uh, said, "What about you?" And he said, "Well, I do know the federal law and I do know the system." He said, Rudy. "What about yeah, he said, "What about putting her in jail?" And he said, well, I think, you know, there's some things, you know, that maybe we should consider on that. He said, but we do have to further the investigation and see what was really going on. Um, So he seemed like they were going to further that investigation. um, But he seemed uh, to hedge his bet on whether or not you put her in jail. Um, He said, you know, we have a long standing. And I talked to Mike Lee about this a few weeks ago and said, Mike, make the case that you don't put her in jail. And he said, oh, it's easy. You send the message to the rest of the world and to the really nasty political people here in America that you can put your opponent in jail. He said, that's what banana republics do. And he said, we have always looked the other way because we don't want we don't want running for a position to become weaponized for the person who wins. Oh, I'm going to put you in jail. Yeah, but it's not because she I ran know, against right. him. I know, but I mean, that's the a, way it will be perceived. Probably. But do you worry about that, or do you do you try to have justice prevail? Well, that's the argument Mike and I had. I'm going to have him make the argument because... It's interesting. It's yeah. an interesting one, though. Yeah, it is. It's, it's fascinating to think who could be in this cabinet, too, because there's some pretty good choices. And I'm, I'm kind of curious to see where Chris Christie's going to wind up, because... He's been loyal the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it's really one of the first big, you know, and big in many ways, but big uh, people to come out and say. And he's head of the transition team, right? He's head of the transition team, and he was uh, undyingly loyal. Yeah, so Um, he's got to have a place. Head of the transition team. You would think he's not exactly. He's not exactly, you know, chief conservative. There was in this audience. In this audience, there was usually about twenty percent support for Chris Christie. Yeah. Uh, Now I don't know if everybody thinks he hung the moon and the stars, but um, well, we certainly don't. But you know, he's he's eloquent, 
in his speech. Oh, he's good. He's tough. He's good at what he does. You might think about him for attorney general. Yes. Uh, so uh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to... I wouldn't put a guy who did that with the bridge as I know. attorney general. I know. You're going to have to find a, uh, an interesting place for Christie because of those issues. Because if you put him in the wrong place, a too high profile... This will just go on and on and on forever. Yeah. You want, you know, I, I think they'll try to find a place for him where he can do what he does well without necessarily being the public face in a high-profile position. I mean, the transition thing works well for him, but I think that they they will find something for Chris Christie. I mean, he his career was essentially over. He went all in with Trump, and it's going to wind up being uh, it's obviously paid off bigly, big league, as it were. <laughs> So uh, that's uh, that's a positive, right? And uh, for him, and uh, you know, they've been talking about Sheriff Clark as well for a role potentially. Mm-hmm. And and it's funny because everyone, obviously, you know, uh, through primaries and stuff, are not exactly pro-Trump. Uh, but I mean, here's a, bla- a Blaze Radio podcast personality being discussed about being inside the Trump administration. Uh, you know, so that's another uh, interesting one that's yeah. being tossed around. Uh, there's. Um, uh uh, they're also, uh, at least on O'Reilly last night with um, Giuliani, the first name that was brought up for Supreme Court was Mike Lee. And um, I don't think Mike sees that coming because Mike didn't support Donald Trump. But boy, you want a healing moment oh. for people like us. Mm. You want to see us become you... the biggest Trump supporters in the universe? Yeah. Put that up there. We, I, I will stand behind that and push with every ounce of my uh, very weak uh, physique uh, to, uh, yeah, to there's no. I mean, we obviously have seen the power that we have, which is almost none. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> be able to good though. Do. I mean, look, this is about individuals. Making yeah, I know that. I know that. I know that. I just, I just wanted to yeah. point out when you're like, and I'll put all my what pickup sticks. I, I said particularly <laughs> weak physique. Okay, uh, but I mean, no, I, I'm just saying that it certainly is was a large area of concern for many Trump supporters how people on this show and how people who didn't support Trump in the primaries were going to vote. And the question is, well, how do you react afterwards? The guy won. And as we said throughout the process, he wins. He gets a clean slate. We judge him Mm -hmm. as what he does as president. If what he does as president is make Mike Lee a Supreme Court justice, holy crap, am I going to be thrilled by that? Now, I'm still going to say if he tries to pass a tariff that it's a bad idea. But I mean, I can completely there are several things that we can all unite Uh, And be really, not just unite, but be passionate about. Mike Lee is a Supreme Court justice I am passionate about. Uh, You know, term limits. It came along late in his campaign pitch. Mitch McConnell already said, nope, that's not even going to find its way on our agenda. Well, you know what? Uh, Donald Trump said it would. And, you know, he's president. He promised that he would do that. And I hope he follows through on it. If not, I hope he supports uh, the Article 5 uh, movement. Yeah. Because that's, I think, the only way to do it. I mean, you know, again, he did propose a tax cut plan. It changed a bunch of times. We talked about that. It ended up largely in the area of where the House tax cut plan was for Republicans. And while it's not my dream tax cut plan, it's not. I mean, I liked Ted Cruz's a lot better. It's still a tax cut. And I like tax cuts. So I would be supportive of that as well. There are several like things. To see the tax cut along with tax with, with along with a huge spending. Yeah. Cut. I mean, if he does a trillion dollar sp- a stimulus package. And a tax cut. That's just bad for all of us. Right, but I would, we would end, oppose that. And I don't know that I've ever even heard him talk about this, but end the death tax completely. I, th- if, I think that's has he, in. Has he mentioned it? Yeah, I think that's in that there. Needs to I don't know that he's mentioned it'll be, it. It'll, it'll be interesting to wealth when they will be die interesting has to, watch. to go away. Just real quick, uh, an update. Um, I did reach out to the Trump campaign yesterday. He said in his uh, speech, you know, there are those who opposed me. 
A few. Uh, a few. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can count them on one hand. Yeah, okay. um, but uh, there were those who opposed me, and he said, I am reaching out to you. And so don't, I don't know if he was talking about us or including us in that list, but uh, just in case, I wrote him a very nice letter. We reached out to his campaign yesterday. I sent him the letter. Um, I'm willing to call him, probably will put a call in today. Um, I don't expect him to take the call. I don't expect really um, um, anything out of it. He's the president-elect. Um, but just on the offhand, I want you to know that in that letter, and I'll publish it in a few we days. We took him up on his gra- gracious, gracious offer, and we were very gracious in return. Um, and um, if something happens, we'll let you know. And now this. A major bank is being criminally charged with identity theft for creating an estimated 2 million unauthorized accounts using customer data. This is so bad. Trying to make the bank look better than it. I mean, these banks are in so much trouble. Make sure that you have LifeLock. If you're a LifeLock member and you become a victim of identity theft, their U.S.-based team will work to resolve your case. If you have Wells Fargo, I hope you have LifeLock. Free credit monitoring will only detect credit problems. LifeLock helps detect and then fix the identity problems. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, you have the best protection. Memberships start at $9.99 a month plus sales tax. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Plus membership. 1-800-440-4936. LifeLock.com. 1-800-440-4936. The Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the uh, program. So glad that you are. Um, so glad that you are here. Um, did you see Miley Cyrus? We got the. Uh, oh, it's sad. Is it sad? I, just I you know, I I put it in the machine, but I didn't really listen. I oh, yeah, make just to hear how sad it this is. This is this is Miley Cyrus, right after uh, Trump was declared a winner. Maybe I really am different, and maybe mm-hmm. a lot of people that I'm surrounded by. Mm-hmm. think with open minds and open hearts like I do. And I do want to say that I've been very vocal for my support for everyone besides Donald Trump. <laughs> heavily supported Bernie, heavily supported Hillary. Hey, stop. And just I a still stop think, just a second. Oh, God. I want you to know that Christ. I'm just surrounded by open-minded people. And I, I mean, I supported everybody except Donald Trump. I mean, I, su- I supported Hillary and Bernie. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so open-minded oh, of open-minded. you. Open-minded. That is so broad. Oh, yeah. yeah. She supported everybody from the socialist to the Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> so open. I mean, yeah. Wow. And wow. in her lifetime, she deserves to be the first female president. And that's what makes me so sad. <laughs> is that I just wish that she had that opportunity because she's fought for so long. Fought and because... Long. I believe her when she says that she loves this country. This is all she's ever done. She's given her life to make it better. Oh, Hang on but just a like second. Donald Trump, yeah, so ironic. I'm a pretty emotional guy. Did uh-huh. I did I at all shed a tear on Ted Cruz? Did I when Ned No. I mean 
I mean, and I'm a pretty emotional. I'm almost all woman. Uh, and yes. right, yes. I mean, and I'm filling in my breasts. I yes. mean, they're coming in nicely now. Yes, they are. But uh, that's amazing. I mean, she is really distraught. Yeah, really, truly distraught over this. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.